Finally, it is complete! What do you want, boob? You have been chosen to receive the most glorious of gifts! Wonderful! I'm dancing, Dad! I'm dancing! The ramblings of a madman can be very dangerous. Stop it! The following contains violence, coarse language, and adult situations not suitable for minors. And if we need you to, you'll eat someone. Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, and that technicolor rainbow in between. All I am getting real excited. Today, I'm making an announcement. You see, last week, D-Generation X brought me a rooster. It'll leave you breathless. Due to my condition. Live a little! I have laid dormant inside this vessel. Take me! No, you're gonna get it! That's right! There's a lot of glare coming off that dome of yours! You wanna play, pal? You wanna dance? Listen, sunshine! Stand back! Shut up, Flipro! Slam your head so far down between your shoulder blades! And welcome. This is the Renegade Roundup. I am your host. My name is Sol. And this is episode zero, uh, the introduction episode of what I hope will be a long running series. Primarily, the focus will be on pro wrestling, uh, both local and nationally, uh, giving you my thoughts as uh, many podcasts tend to do but i tend to be a little bit more on the optimistic side i'm not uh i'm not what you would consider a critic or a connoisseur of the sport i am very uh impassioned and imbued by it in a different way so i hope to reflect my unique views on the sport and the industry at large uh to give you an idea um of where my journey began in this uh this hobby of professional wrestling i would say that the first time that i ever saw it i was over at a friend of mine in middle school or high school uh kind of that teenage phase was a little bit fuzzy to me just because of uh things that are personally going on with my life but i can probably pinpoint it down to somewhere between uh wrestlemania 2000 and wrestlemania 17 but i want to say more specifically i feel like it was a SummerSlam party that i went to and i want to say it was SummerSlam 2000 because I distinctly remember one of the three uh, TLC matches with the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudley Boys. And uh, that was my very first exposure to it. And when I asked him, hey, are we going to do this again for the next pay-per-view? He was like, no, I don't have... It might have been like backlash money. I always, I always remembered it as I was wanting to see the next pay-per-view of bad blood or something but again um with my memory going to the passage of time and this being about 20 years ago details can be a bit fuzzy uh one thing that i do remember specifically was i really shortly after that the first character that i gravitated to was gold dust i loved the entrance i loved the pomp and circumstance of it um the uh the uh, uh, the ambiguity of it was uh, kind of went over my head. I was just like, "Hey, he's ravishing. He's cool looking." And uh, um, naturally, when you are 
in high school and are gravitated towards the not stereotypically masculine characters, you're going to get ridiculed, especially when you are not stereotypically masculine yourself. That's another story for another day. But one thing I very fondly remember was my parents had a black box. And I remember I caught WrestleMania 18. And at the tail end of it, they had a promo for next year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 19. And they said it was in Seattle. And I was like, no. I had to do a double take. I'm like, there, there's, there's no way. And uh, I think my parents had DSL at the time. And uh, sure, sure enough, uh, found out that WrestleMania was going to be at Safeco Field. I didn't think anything about it until I uh, I went to community college as part of a uh, it's it's called Fresh Start. It's basically a high school dropout program to try to get your feet back on the ground. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, friends of mine I made in college were really into wrestling, and uh, one thing led to another, and uh, lo and behold, wound up getting nosebleed seats over at Safeco Field. Uh, which to this day I am still in in my in my young fan's heart I want to believe that Trish Stratus was pointing to me me individually me myself and I up in the nosebleed sections of Safeco Field because you know you 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 like having that feeling of getting attention but uh yeah <laughs> nosebleed section of uh of Safeco Field was my first wrestling event ever and uh, to this day, very much heralded as one of the best WrestleMania cards of all time. So it makes you wonder uh, why they haven't come back. Also, um, one of the things I want to get out of the gate quickly with uh, when it comes to Renegade Roundup, uh, the focus is going to be on things that I am personally passionate about. And my goal, if I was to have a affirmative statement, it would be to share the, the joy and what makes people happy. Um, there's a lot of avenues that you can certainly go down when it comes to pro wrestling. And I will let you know right off the gate that if you are looking for, um, Dirt sheets, gossip, controversy, uh, shoot interviews, who doesn't like who. This is not going to be the podcast for you. Uh, this the, the idea of this is to focus on the, the, the joy and the jubilation and just the creative process. Um, honoring the, 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 the things that make wrestling so great. Um, there is going to be also some side note to some other passions of mine, which I will get to later on in this, uh, inaugural podcast, but just want to get that disclaimer out of the way that we're going to more focus on the good rather than the not, uh, to give you another, uh, perspective, a lot of fans are really into the old, WCW backstage and no mercy games. And again, with me being in it very late in the game, I really didn't start actively watching it regularly um, until the Bischoff era. So my prime time of viewing was 2002 to 2007 was when I was actively regularly watching, consuming the product um, didn't have the money to buy the pay-per-views at the time, but I tried to follow it the best I could. Um, going to WWE.com when they updated things like that. Um, and my fondest memories with the video games are things like, uh, Here Comes the Pain for PlayStation 2, Raw 2 for original Xbox because of 
putting in your own soundtracks and making your entrances that way. Um, I remember WrestleMania 19, where you throw people off of skyscrapers. And then uh, Day of Reckoning was also a pretty decent uh, entry for the GameCube. And one day I hope that uh, if things go really well, uh, I want to try to chronicle uh, WrestleMania 21 as one of those blunders. I know a lot of people probably have done their own videos on it already, but I kind of want to put my own out there, put my own spin on it, realize that uh, Bischoff was probably the most devoted manager in the history of all time because he made a deal with the devil to get you a sparring match with Andre the Giant in 2005. Do with that what you will. Um, fast forwarding a little bit, um, as with probably a lot of us fans, I sort of fell out of it during 2007-2008. But really, by the time the uh, Celebrity General Manager of the Week came in and uh, ECW closed its doors, it's like, all right, I think we're going to put this on the back burner. And then I, uh, yeah, probably around 2009 or so, um, when I was still living with my parents at the time, just because making a living is hard out there, um... I stumbled across, um, I'm based in the Pacific Northwest area, and I'll get to uh, those connections in a minute. I looked up the only like promotion that was going on at the time was ICW, which I found out later was ran by uh, Honky Tonk Man. And... Uh, as as uh as uh amateur hour as it was it was the only game in town i remember when i was looking it up i think their champion was literally just a chef gimmick that was their heavyweight champion and when i was looking up what their schedules are what their training was a lot of it was all the way over in eastern washington so that was too far for me uh, to go, I didn't have any connections to relocate or anything like that. So I just put all of that on the back burner for many years. Um, and I think also naturally for a lot of us, uh, CM Punk dropping the infamous pipe bomb, uh, brought some interest into the product for me again, but, uh, Nothing just quite hit the way that it used to. But you kind of, after a while, when you are so conditioned to watching a thing, it just becomes part of the routine. What else are you going to do on a Friday night? What else are you going to do on a Monday night or a Tuesday night? You know, I didn't, I didn't have social circles. I didn't have many friends. So what else was I going to do? Fast forward many years. You know, I try to have career try to have jobs and try to make a living for myself and uh one 2017 was when uh a bar gig that i was working at uh would end up leading to the connections that i have today so uh for those of you in the area, well, let's let's go ahead and uh, <clears throat> clarify real quick. I am a I am a denizen of uh, the Pacific Northwest area, uh, specifically Western Washington. You may know some of the promotions uh, within the area. You have Defy Wrestling, uh, Without a Cause, Project Forty Two, Five CW. Uh, and uh, going to uh, the shows that I went to, you learn very quickly that everybody knows everybody. And uh, it's kind of best to just play nice and play ball well with others. 
But uh, my first rub with that actually was um, when I still had, when I had like more aspirations to do the YouTube thing. So backtracking a little bit, a couple of years ago, a couple of years prior to this, so that would have been 2015, 2016, somewhere around there, was when I was really getting involved with the Seattle YouTube groups on Facebook and uh, trying to establish connections that way, try to build something off the ground there. And one of the people within the within that group said, hey, whoever is going to respond to this, I'm going to set up an interview with you. And for those interviews, there was only two people that responded. Myself and a guy named Max, who is also from Washington State, from the Seattle area, who was also a wrestling fan. And I'm like, dude, I need to go ahead and hit him up and see what's going on. And uh, we get to talking and it's like, oh man, the, the Defy shows that are out here, they're great. You should come out to one. Me being the antisocial person, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll think about it. But I was really hesitant about just meeting new people. And uh, all the promotions for uh, you know, the, the tickets for Defy 3 came and went. And the fear of missing out really set in because that was the card where, oh man, John Morrison was there and he debuted his movie. And the people at the theater who watched Boone the Bounty Hunter, they looked like they had a lot of fun. Man, that would have been cool to go to. And while working at said arcade, or arcade bar, promoter Matt Farmer drops off some pamphlets uh, to, for us to advertise at the store on our on our on our bulletin board and i'm like okay there is clearly something that is telling me that i should go especially when uh the poster that was given to us which i still have in my collection uh the original main event that was advertised was cody rhodes Cody freaking Rhodes of WWE fame uh, versus this scary looking skeleton guy named Pentagon. And uh, keep in mind that I had basically zero idea of anything that went on in the independent scene during that time. So I'm like, man, that looks cool. I'm definitely going to go because I want to see Cody Rhodes. And uh, sure enough, Got the front row tickets. Um, didn't realize there was the VIP stuff, but all I just wanted to say was thank you. And I gave I gave Cody Rhodes, because I was also backtracking for a second. One of the other things that really got me back into wrestling was I was listening to uh, Total Biscuit's co-optional podcast. Uh, rest in peace, Total Biscuit. And just on a whim, he just randomly said, Steven Larson is going in raw is the best wrestling podcast, period, in a story. And I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and give him a shot. And sure enough, very entertaining. Definitely sounds like two guys just talking about wrestling. And it's the, you know, it's it's a really good format to get reintroduced to pro wrestling. And so I became a subscriber, became a patron. Got the care package, and uh, because the the uh, the running joke at the time was on the back of their postcard, it was "Dusty Finish, baby." Four shoulders to the mat, double pin. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. And uh, since that was the joke, and that was a Dusty Rhodes thing. Well, I'm meeting Cody, 
And so I gave him the postcard. And that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to say thank you. Wanted to say it came full circle because Goldust was the first character that I gravitated to. And Cody is the first person in an independent show that I ever met. So that, at that time, was full circle. And uh, to this day, I still have very fond memories of that particular card. Um, I was I was blown away by what ended up being Cody Rhodes versus Matt Cross. But I was even more mesmerized by the electricity that was Shane Strickland. And, you know, you do research on your card. I watched the interview from Steve Miggs about Swerve, who is from my hometown. And that just, that connection was there right away because you have wrestlers in Tacoma? Who says they're from Tacoma? Nobody says they're from Tacoma. Is what I said, or what 2017 version of me said. Now I know a bit better, but uh, that reputation took a long time to earn. And uh, Swerve is incredible. Um, and he's now killing it as Isaiah Swerve Scott in NXT. And, you know, as they say, the rest is history. I, I have my... I'm very fortunate for the connections that I have that I can consider uh, personal connections and allies to a certain extent. Um, it's It's been the last four years of personal growth and character development through professional wrestling, especially through a trying time in just society as a whole. Um, wrestling has been my salvation and I'm very fortunate. And I tell anybody in the Pacific Northwest that has been an impact to me, I tell them, thank you. And that also stems from, uh, I don't talk about this a whole lot because of current situations, but it's at least fair enough to the story to talk about here, where two years ago, at the age of 34, I took the bold step to step through the ropes for the first time at a place that is now defunct uh, called Evolve Fitness. But those lessons that I learned about what I need to do to improve myself were invaluable. And uh, the lessons that I learned from that, it's just... That's another reason that I tend to find it very difficult to be on the bandwagon of hating everything and critiquing everything the way that smarks usually do is until you step through those ropes and understand how difficult it is to even do something like a hot tag. And the reason I say hot tag is literally my first lesson was it's, it's a hot tag drill. So imagine this, if you will. A line of people on either side of the ring walking up to the apron. And on opposing corners, you have somebody that's reaching out for the tag. When that tag hits, what you're supposed to do is use your vertical base. So you are jumping from the apron over the ropes. But as you're but instead of landing just on the other side on the ropes because that's difficult enough. In order to make it easier, you're going to jump, your sternum hits the corner post, 
to kind of be like catching you there to send your fall. And then as you land, you go to make a roll. And by rolling, you are leading with either ideally your shoulder, but you kind of start out with your arm. And then as you conclude the roll, you're going to use what energy you have left to spring up and give the hot tag. It looks easy on television. I can tell you from personal experience, it's not. Also, I'm six foot five. Imagine a ginger giraffe trying to roll like Sonic the Hedgehog. You tell me how difficult that would be to do. That was lesson one, day one. After a warm-up of 100 squats and 10 military-style presses. And by military-style presses, sorry, military push-ups. And by military push-ups, I mean you wait for your instructor to say down. And then you wait for him to say up. And then people say one. If even one person messes that up, the whole group starts over. If you were at nine and you mess up going up to ten, everybody starts over. Not really fun, especially when you're not the guy that messes up. It's even more infuriating when it is. So I don't know. I just... I feel like... You know, you can't really be in too much of a creative position to critique if you haven't been there and you can't offer a solution to fix it. So that's why, like... I'm going to shoot it straight. I'm going to be honest with you, but I can't be as harsh as the smart community in general tends to be. I'm not going to be doom and gloom. I'm going to remember that as easy as WWE makes it look, it is not easy to put out a weekly or even a show multiple times a week to the degree that WWE and AEW or any other promotion does. The wonderful thing about pro wrestling now is that there are more choices than there ever have been. And I would like to think that that should not be lost on anyone who considers himself a fan. Because if you don't like WWE, you have NXT. If you don't want anything WWE related, you have AEW. If you're looking for alternatives, there are plenty of subscriptions for local promotions. You have compilations through IWTV. And I believe Fight TV might have some. If that's not your bag, there's plenty of free options on YouTube. NWA Power, arguably the oldest promotion in the history of the industry, the original, the 10 pounds of gold promotion, is available for free on YouTube. That would have been unheard of even five years ago. Count your blessings where you can. Because... Wrestling fans have it pretty good right now. We are long past the days of bootleg tapes. And, uh, you know, uh, downloading 360p video content on RealPlayer. Or torrenting on Napster. I know I'm carbon dating myself a lot by saying these, but... Kids, you got it good. You got it real good. 
And uh, that's kind of what I hope to bring to the table today is just kind of sharing the perspective of how fortunate we are as wrestling fans and then giving some other perspectives along the way. And whether it be talking about wrestling or uh, the fighting game community or the state of esports, which that'll be a whole nother bag for another time. I'd like to hope that this kid from T-Town with a dream might make an impression on you. And I know there's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of choices to make for your content. And I am very thankful that you're giving this one a shot. If you made it this far, welcome to the ride that's ahead. And just keep in mind that, especially being a fan from the Seattle area, I can confirm to you that if you work hard enough, you can reach your dreams. Because I saw it every day as a fan. Take a look at the personalities that started in Defy and Without a Cause and how they're making it big right now. You have Chris Bay, former Without a Cause champion, holding it down on Impact. You have Aubrey Edwards, arguably the face of 321 and Defy, who is now the pinnacle of AEW and is a role model to women all over the world. You have Darby, who's killing it in AEW. Previously, I mentioned about Swerve. Saw Leo Rush. He's a phenomenal act. Defy Six was his uh, was his eleventh hour before getting called up to NXT. Saw Reed Dragon before they got called up as part of Undisputed. Wrestling fans are so blessed, and especially in Seattle, because we're seeing the future of professional wrestling today. And I'm also very fortunate that uh, the relations that I have built just by, you know, opening hearts and ears to those that may need to hear it, I can tell you that, you know, people worry about are the territories ever going to run dry? And if you know where to look, the seeds have already been planted. Take a look at names like Jaden. Jaden is making a killing. I think he was part of the Polycult camp not too long ago. You have hustlers and dreamers and making it happen. Uh, Black Sheep Dave Turner is a, is a talent turned coach. For Dragon Suplex. There's a lot of great talent out there. A lot of good people too. I know it's easy to focus on the controversy and the people that take advantage of you. But there's, there's plenty of good out there as well. And that's really what this is about. Is celebrating, celebrating the good that comes with honoring honoring our passions, and being authentic with ourselves. And I hope you'll stick around while we explore those avenues and discover what makes people happy. Welcome to the ride that is the Renegade Roundup. And thank you for giving me a chance and an opportunity to be a part of your feed, potentially your culture, your zeitgeist, but one thing at a time. We'll tackle one thing at a time. 
this isn't going to be a race. This isn't going to be... This isn't going to be a money grab. You know, your your patronage will be certainly appreciated, but I want to feel... I want to feel that I earned that with you first instead of going for the cash grab right away. And this is an open communication. I'm not a hard man to find. If you want to reach out to me, I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram. And I am on Twitch under at Soul Wrestles. That's S-O-L Wrestles. W-R-E-S-T-L-E-S. Links will be provided in the description. Give me time while I figure out how Anchor works and how the aforementioned podcast connections work. I just want to do good by Lyle. So hopefully that will come to pass. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it here unless we're segmenting to another section of the show which I think we've got some time let's go ahead and cut to the segue right now Fighting game jokes aside, uh, I think this would be a perfect opportunity to sort of divulge in my, I mean, do they call it gamer history? Just my, uh, my history with, uh, video games in general. Um, and, and again, I'm going to preface this by saying that Gaming is not going to be a primary focus, but there's naturally going to be things that will come up in time uh, that will be relevant in the gaming sphere, um, or at least with my particular interests. I don't see it being like following the, the, the trends of the week or the controversies or what said company did and did not do. <coughs> That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be for other channels to do. This is not gonna be what the focus is. It's gonna be focusing on celebration and the joy that video games can bring to people. And where do Soul's humble beginnings come from? Well, the earliest memories that I have is I uh, I remember having a lot of very fond early memories with the regular Nintendo. Uh, things like the uh, Turtles 2, the arcade game, Yonoid, uh, a few other ones that escape me right now. But uh, my, my prime gaming experiences were with the Super Nintendo. I was a Super Nintendo guy. My cousins that got me into anime uh, they had the Sega Genesis, they had all the Sonic games, they had the 32X with Knuckles Chaotix, and uh, I got through. I got into platformers through that, I got into the old Archie Sonic the Hedgehog comics through her, but uh, when it comes to fighting games, my very first experience was... Uh, Back in the day, you could go to a old, uh, you could go to your mom and pa shop, uh, or your local rental facility, and you would rent a game, and chances are it's for a system that you didn't have. Because if basically if it wasn't a Nintendo, nobody really had it. 
So my first memory was I went to my local, my local shop, rest in peace Templeton's, and uh, I picked up World Heroes for the Neo Geo. And you get this big old Hurricane home, I think it was a ACS, ACS MVS, I always forget the terminology of that, but you get a home Neo Geo console and you took it home and you got to play the game. And uh, you would make a weekend out of it because that's what you did. When you go to a rental shop, it's like, hey, you did good at school for the week. Let's go ahead and rent you a video game for the weekend. Because also I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Uh, so I spent a lot of time at home. Video games were my outlet, as I'm sure it was for a lot of people. With video games being an outlet, especially if you were bullied or persecuted a lot. That's a story for another time. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, my first exposure was World Heroes. And then the first game that I owned personally was uh, Street Fighter II Turbo for the Super Nintendo. Had a lot of, had a lot of fun memories with that. And uh, later on, um, I never, I never owned uh, an N sixty four until much later on. I think it was post college days when I found one. And uh, so my my cousin, uh, excuse me, my parents won a PlayStation at an auction. So received that, and that was where a lot of my fighting game experiences took off after, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters and uh, a few other ones for Super Nintendo. Probably the Power Rangers. Power Rangers beat-em-ups I had. I don't think I ever owned the fighting game for it. I might have rented it a few times. Um, but for PlayStation, that was where a whole another world just opened up. Uh, not only did I basically beg my parents for Street Fighter Alpha 3 because my magazine of choice was PSM, the unofficial PlayStation magazine with their official mascot, Bonsai Chibi-Chan, made by, uh, I believe his name is Ryan Kennard. And uh, Ryan Kennard is uh, still doing art to this day. He has a very specific, very distinct style. Uh, I think he even tried to do a competitor to David Serlin's Yomi. I could be mistaken on that. Um, but uh, Street Fighter Alpha 3. Uh, went through the, the, strat the strategy guide in the magazine to unlock the characters. Had the PlayStation memory card stickers for it. And, uh, you know, again, you go to your local blockbuster or your Hollywood video, you rent a game for the week or for the weekend, and, uh, you know, that's where I discovered games like X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel's Capcom 1, Darkstalkers. Um, I actually kind of missed the boat with Rival Schools and uh, JoJo. Those are a couple I'm really kicking myself for that I never got into. Uh, but yeah, just like that, that whole world kind of opened up. Street Fighter EX1 was another favorite of mine. Never owned it, but I loved renting it. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, PlayStation 2, bought that at launch along with Dead or Alive 2 Hardcore and SSX, the first one. Uh, one of the few CD-ROM-based games for PlayStation 2, which that does a number on the, the disk drive, let me tell you what. But, uh, yeah, I didn't discover that there was a fighting game community scene until Street Fighter 4. Street Fighter 4, I participated in a local GameStop tournament. And that was through that that I discovered that there's an entire scene. And, uh, you know, it's a, it was something that I was like, wow, I get to play with other people <laughs> and because uh, I had even thought way back in Alpha 3 days because like in, in Street Fighter Alpha 3 <clears throat> you could uh, go through during world tour mode you have these 
custom character builds that you make. Like, you can have Ken with uh, Infinite Guard and uh, Guard Crush Plus or gradually gain meter over time. How cool would it be to have, like, a tournament of that where you bring your memory stick, bring it to a place, and then just, like, the best fighter wins? But, uh, didn't find out about that kind of scene until many, many years later. And, um, you know, it, uh, it seems like a good idea on paper. <laughs> the reason I say that, <coughs> excuse me, is because, uh, a card shop that I went to, uh, back in, like, 2010, 2011, I want to say, one of the dudes that ran that, uh, he said that he was a old hat, like an early competitor during EVO. Like early EVO days, he was there for Third Strike and MVC2. And when I had asked him about, hey, what teams would be good for Marvel's Capcom 2? That was the first time that I ever heard the term God tier or go home. And I was like, what? And that was where it was explained to me that if you cannot kill in one combo, you're going to have a bad time. Shortly after, the shop had, uh, the shop had, uh, a Magic the Gathering Legacy Tournament. And they said, if you can't kill your opponent by turn two with your Merfolk deck, you're going to have a bad time. And that's exactly what this was. It was, you know, I, I think the knowledge scope has expanded since then, but it used to be uh, Sentinel, Magneto, Cable, Storm. Those are the only four characters that had infinite combos. And if you didn't have them on your team, you were not going to win. It was as simple as that. And that was a big blow in my understanding of fighting games. And, um... Yeah, it's it's the, the the reason that I that I say that this is going to be more of a celebration of games is because I've kind of gone down that rabbit hole on how the fighting game scene is, and especially now in the last few years where the focus is more on esports, which is the complete antithesis of what fighting games should be, in my opinion. That's where, like, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much because it's, 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 it's ugly. You have, you unfortunately have a lot of people and a lot of companies that are buying into competitive is the only thing that matters. I'm, I'm more of the fan of freedom of expression. Because at the end of the day, the end goal is still clear. You defeat your opponent, but combos are not always the way to do it. Unfortunately, even just by saying that, I'm going to catch the ire of anybody within the pillars of the fighting game community. And there's a really good... Um, Vice actually put out a, a documentary a couple months back about the current state of fighting games, because you have where there's a lot of lessons to be learned from participating in, like, the old-school way of fighting games. I mean, there was a dude on there that said, oh, yeah, in New York it was tough. You know, you could, you could easily stab somebody in the old uh, establishments, but the people that I met through there, it's such a diverse crowd, you have... You know, gays, blacks, Asians, everybody was there to play fighting games. And he wouldn't have made the friends that he did if it wasn't for that. Which is good. You know, diversity and acceptance is a wonderful thing. 
It's just unfortunately in the current common scope of fighting games. Basically, all that matters is do you push buttons good? What's your rank, brah? Oh, you're only a silver? Well, you're not you're not worth my time. You're not worth my clout. And that's that's a really sad thing. Um, I feel like we're coming up on an impasse on the vision of FGC and the vision of esports. And a perfect parallel that I can draw to is uh, backtracking a little bit my uh, my my history with card games. Children's card games. Uh, I played, uh, I started to get into Magic the Gathering in college. Um, and that my, the time, the peak time that I got into it was the first Mirrodin set going into Kamigawa. <coughs> which I found out, <coughs> excuse me, my goodness. Found out through fans of Magic the Gathering, that apparently Kamigawa was sort of the black sheep of the set, and I don't understand why, because that was what established, in my opinion, the ideal prime legendary rule. And the art on it was just so beautiful, and uh, that was what got me into it. Mirrodin, Kamigawa, and then original Ravnica was kind of like best prime set for me personally. And then the Eldrazi came in and messed everything up, and I didn't play for many years after that. But uh, besides that, um, my favorite game that I got heavily into was Kaijudo. Now, for those that don't know, Kaijudo was a second attempt at rebranding Duel Masters. Not Yu-Gi-Oh's Duel Monsters, Duel Masters. And uh, it was a joint effort between Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro. And any of you that follow either one of these industries probably know where this is going already. Uh, Kaijudo was, in a community sense, the best game that I ever got involved with. Uh, shout out to Don Lee Wilson of Roadside Hobbies. Uh, we call him the mad scientist for a reason. And uh, taught me practically everything that I know about strategy, about deck concept. Um, Roadside Hobbies in Spanaway, Washington. Check them out. Uh, but Kajudo was a very special game in that, like, even your local weekly, you know, your weekly Friday night tournaments, you were basically rewarded handsomely for contributing to the game. But unfortunately, uh, due to uh, due to vision differences between the two companies, they abruptly killed the game because Wizards of the Coast from was was handling the 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 cards and the mechanic aspect of things, and then Hasbro was in charge of the marketing of like the toys and the cartoon and things like that. And for some reason, they couldn't see eye to eye, and that game passed away. And I fear that is what is happening with the cognitive dissonance between FGC and esports right now. Because you see a lot of companies that are buying into the esports thing. You know, Walmart had a stake in getting esports in. Sony is now currently buying anything and everything Evo related. You know, so for all we know, in the next couple of years, Sony is going to be the brand of esports. And, uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, in the land of esports, numbers sell. You know, they're going to reward the guy that push buttons good. Rather than, I am of the, I am of the mindset that you can express yourself in a whole lot of different ways. Like, the way that I play Tekken, for example, is extremely unorthodox. And I pride myself on, like, sort of being the guy that people can't read because you know i use bear 
and I use old man with rockets. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like to, you know, it's, I like to have fun with the opponent, not in, not in a mean way, not at the expense of somebody, not to put somebody down, but it's like in Tekken Tag 2, for example, Basganovich, he has a bunch of moves that he can set up with while sitting in a cross-legged position, including propelling himself forward with rockets. And just the way that he moves on it is so hilarious, and I, I like to have fun and throw people off with just messing of timing of that. But unfortunately, the way that um, fighting games are, uh, they are focused on optimal combos, touch of death, um, hit confirms, hit stuns, status, all the things underneath the hood that really don't matter to the visual presentation of the game. And uh, I feel like that is going to alienate far more people. And uh, especially when they're not in a position to, uh, to turn away people in the first place, because as, as, as I've alluded to, my two, my two passions, are fighting games and pro wrestling. Both of them, about this time last year, had some major controversies. Wrestling has bounced back because they've addressed the issue, they've made the issue known, and they have taken steps to make sure that that issue does not harbor itself in the future. And they've ousted the big players that were responsible for that feeling. FGC has had no such discourse. You have even now where this, it's the same controversies, different faces, different names. So I don't see that level of accountability anytime soon. And the solutions that have been presented to try to fix that have just alienated groups further, you know, to the point of mock and ridicule. Rightfully so, because it's so tone deaf and so, uh, so boardroom pitched that it just, it doesn't make sense to do that. But again, I, I, I digress. Um, gaming focus, and we're going to focus on the good of games. Things like Metroidvanias. I don't understand why Metroidvanias have the disdain that they do. I love Metroidvanias. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I played, played that a lot. I remember um, Portrait of Ruin was one that I pre-ordered and uh, put a lot of time into. They're just fun. I, I love... The, the feeling of exploration and discovery in those kind of games, but it gets a bad rep. So that's what we're going to try to focus on, is the things that make us happy. <coughs> Kalonda 2, I remember that as another fun little platformer I discovered when I was younger. Yeah. Like I said, this is this is a work in progress, just like anything else, and uh, I, I hope to kind of iron out things, smooth out things, and hope that you know this this is like I said, this is a journey, not a destination. This is a marathon, not a race, and uh, I hope with uh, with a little help from some friends to maybe smooth things out and give different perspectives. You know, this might, this might turn into something. And, I, and again, I appreciate you taking the time to listen this much, this far into it, because uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. 
I appreciate you giving me a shot because there's plenty. There are plenty of podcasts out there that will that that fill any kind of role you can possibly think of. And I'm very thankful that you're giving this one a shot. So uh, if you have any questions, like I said, I'm not a hard man to find at Soul Wrestles. That's S O L W R E S T L E S. On Twitter, on Instagram, on Twitch. I eventually want to do Twitch and YouTube stuff, but I gotta figure out how the cogs in the machine work and see what the people want. Because really, that's kind of the thing that matters here, is if this isn't something that the people want, then it's not worth investing the time in. So let me know what you think of this format, of what you would like to see. If you have any questions and I can bring it up in topic, that'd be cool too. But until next time, this is Soul signing out with a friendly reminder what Tsunami Tom told you. Stay golden. I'll see you in the next one, my friends.